Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. Uh, now let's get over to the CNBC homepage and check out these new revisions to GDP. I mean, this has really stunned the marketplace, and we see some big moves in the stock market and probably more importantly, the bond market. So let's head in and check this out. And we're getting a thumbs up there from the people in the chat. Thank you guys for that feedback. I greatly appreciate it. And now let's go over to this CNBC report. First quarter economic growth was actually 2%. So they revised it from 1.3% up to 2%. And so this, they're calling this a major GDP revision. Key talking points, US economy grew at 2% annualized first quarter, according to final revisions released Thursday. That was well above previous estimate of 1.3%, 1.4. Upward revisions in consumer spending and inventories boosted the revised number. U.S. economy showed, now, in a way, I think this should be expected. I mean, we all know just from studying history that you're not going to get a recession if everyone assumes that you're going to get a recession. Uh, the marketplace or the majority of the market participants, especially retail in the stock market and CNBC and Bloomberg and whatnot, they're almost always wrong, especially with these big moves. So, you know, we were talking about this. We've actually been talking about this the whole time the yield curve has been inverted, that we most likely won't get a change because now everyone's expecting this until everyone's on the other side of the boat and we get all this good economic data and everyone says, oh, well, there's nothing to worry about. I guess that inversion of the yield curve, that's dead. We need to move on, look at unemployment, look at GDP numbers, look at the stock market. It's up, yada, yada, yada. And then that's when you go ahead and you get the, the big crisis situation that prompts the Fed to drop rates, which is what the bond market has been predicting for the last, call it nine months. So for, for me, this really isn't uh, a surprise. I don't know if I buy the numbers completely, just because I think there's room to be suspicious. I think we should be have a healthy dose of skepticism here, especially when we know what's been happening in the news recently uh, with the Biden administration and with Hunter Biden. I would not put it past them <laughs> to fudge the numbers here. And I, and you know, usually, and I agree with people who say, oh, well, this is just a conspiracy theory and blah, 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 blah. I, I agree that you don't want to, typically, you don't want to just assume everything is a conspiracy theory. That's the way I actually thought prior to 2019, or excuse me, prior to 2020. But after the Cerveza sickness, and after what I see in, in Ukraine, the media, and especially when I see Joe Biden come out today and his response to the SCOTUS, uh, the SCOTUS decision that we talked about on an earlier video, uh, when I hear Joe Biden just come out and blatantly lie, I mean blatantly lie and misrepresent the facts, and, to, and anyone would know this if they just took the time to read just those couple paragraphs of the decision that we read in that video earlier. And so when you've got a guy, administration, that's coming out just blatantly lying to you on national TV, when we see what's happened since COVID, when we see, or during COVID, when we see what's happened with Russia, Ukraine, with Zelensky, with, with all these other things, I, I don't know. Should it be our default that we should just assume that there's no malfeasance? Or should that just be our base case? And if you go back to 2020, if it's been your base case every single time that there's a conspiracy theory, they're lying to you, propaganda, et cetera, et cetera, you'd be right nine out of 10 times. If your base case would be like, oh no, let's not jump to conclusions here. They're just honest, hardworking civil servants. They just might be caught up in, a, in, a, in an awkward situation right now, but we can't blame them. That was your base case. You would have been wrong. 
literally 95% of the time since 2020. So I, I think people really need to adjust their framework. But anyway, getting back to the article here, let's assume for a moment that it is correct and they're not fudging the numbers. Then we would go ahead and expect this from another reason. And that's because we need to get the market is always going to impact or negatively impact the most amount of people possible. I'm talking about the stock market and the general consensus, right? So we need everyone getting over to the other side of the boat. If the numbers, the, the mainstream numbers, the headline GDP, headline unemployment, those are the two main, and the stock market. That's really what the normies look at. That's what CNBC, as long as you've got the stock market going up, unemployment rate low, and GDP isn't negative, for the normies, that's a booming economy. That's all you need. There, there are no other metrics. There are no other data points. But you see, so what we have to have are those three numbers leading the lemmings all the way over to the bullish side of the boat. And that's when the market gives them the old rug pull. It happens over and over and over and over and over again. So there are no certainties, only probabilities. But I don't know why uh, the probability isn't high that it's going to play out this time, just like it's played out over and 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 over again in the past since 1950. When you look at the data and the inversion of the curves. All right, so getting back to their article, U.S. economy showed much stronger. I mean, much stronger. I mean, way stronger. I mean, the economy is absolutely on fire. Didn't you know that? I mean, as an example, theft at Target is at $1.3 billion on an annual runway, the, the highest we have ever seen. So shoplifting is booming in the United States. I mean, if that's not a signal of an incredible economy, I don't know what is. And then we've got the old buy now, pay later loans, where 44% of Americans say that they're going to need to take one of those out. 21% of those just say they're going to need to take it out just to buy groceries. I mean, hey, th that is an economy on fire right there. Let's keep going. GDP increased 2%. Okay, we got that. The upward revision helps undercut widespread expectations that the U.S. is heading toward a recession. Yeah, exactly what you would expect. Because if there's widespread expectations that the U.S. is heading for a recession, you likely won't get one. You're going to get one when the widespread expectations are that recessions are dead, that the yield curve is dead. It doesn't matter anymore. Don't you know, stupid? You can't depend on that antiquated metric. The Fed has, the, has their thumb on the, on the button. The Fed is manipulating the bond market with all their purchases. So therefore, you've just got to ignore these things. And you tinfoil hatters need to just accept the fact. I don't know why you're so doom and gloom. I don't know why you're so bearish all the time. Go out, get some sunshine, spend money like a good little boy, go into debt, and enjoy the fact that the United States economy is absolutely in fuego. This is the argument, right? And when they get enough people over to believe that, then you guys know what happens. And they're going to, you know, they're going to focus on those three data points because that's all that matters to the normies. And they're going to ignore the, the hundreds of data points that would suggest, you know, something just ain't right. And for most of you watching this video, you don't even need data points. All you need to do is go out to Walmart. All you need to go, do is go to your local airport and see people fighting and punching each other and throwing their shoes at the monitor and trying to kick the employees that work for Spirit. <laughs> and you just sit there and look at this and you see everything collapsing around you. You see the social fabric just tearing. 
and you see society collapsing quite literally. And you're like, wow, something just doesn't smell right. I don't know. What I see with my own eyes is not what I'm seeing with the headline GDP number. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. A separate economic report released third day showed layoffs running well below expectations, indicating the labor market strength has held up in the face of the Federal Reserve's 10 interest rate hikes, totaling five percentage points. According to summary of Department of Bureau of Economic Analysis, the change came in part because both consumer expenditures and exports were stronger than previously thought. Consumer spending engaged personal consumption rose 4.2%. Is that adjusted for inflation, though? I, I'm, I'm asking that question. I don't know. My guess is no. And if it's not, you know, <laughs> should we really put much weight in that number? The 8.7% boost in Social Security cost of living adjustment likely boosted consumer spending. Overall, however, yeah, and that and the fact that people might be getting a, yeah, actually, I was going to say that people are getting a higher rate of interest on their savings, but I don't know that that really increases spending. Well, I guess it would from a psychological standpoint. Because for me, if I'm just looking at the fact that they're earning more interest on their savings, to me, that's a very low velocity account. By definition, it's savings, meaning you're not out there spending it. So if you're getting more interest on your savings, I think you're accumulating savings, but I don't know that that means that there's more currency units chasing goods and services. To me, that would be checking. But I would grant you that from a psychological standpoint, when people see more money going into their savings, they, are, they have a higher propensity to spend. And then this 8.7 that's going right to Social Security, you know that is definitely currency units that are chasing goods and services. That is not most likely going into, well, I shouldn't say it with some people it is, but I think for the most part, that would be going into checking, not savings. Core PC prices, excluding food and energy. You notice they stopped using the word volatile. If you guys watch my videos, you know I always give them a hard time for that because every single time they say excluding volatile, volatile. It's volatile. That's why we got to exclude it. And I noticed they stopped doing that a couple months ago. So that rose 4.9% the period, downward revision of 0.1%. The all-time price index increased 3.8 and changed the last uh, estimate. So now let's go over and see how this has impacted markets. Let's go to the homepage. Go over, make sure, ah, darn it. Let's make sure we're on US. And we can see the stock market closed 200 points higher. More than 200 points, 269 points to be exact. And this is, uh, you know, the again, the stock market see this as just absolutely fantastic news. And then you go over to the bond market and the 10-year yield did go up. That is for sure. But what gets really interesting 
is when you start looking at the short-term rates, right? So if you're looking at a 10-year, that is going to include, one of the variables it's going to include is long-term inflation outlook. Not three-month, not six-month, but long-term. <laughs> Two-plus years, okay? So what we need to do is look at what happened at the long end of the curve. Then we also need to look at what happened at the short end. Because the short end is going to, in my opinion, is going to give you a better indication of what the market is predicting the Fed is going to do next, right? And if all these numbers are coming out on fire, then we've got to take Jerome's Powell or Jerome Powell at his word and understand that he's going to hike two more times. Although it's never happened since 1950, he's going to be the guy to do it. Meaning that once they pause, the next move is up, not down. So let's go over the other part of the bond market, such as the three month. We go ahead and refresh. Okay, now we're going to go to a five-day chart, and look what happened. Wow. Josh, is today the 29th? It is. So right at the beginning of the day, when this market news broke, I'm assuming, you saw just a big spike. Oh, my gosh. Good news. That means the Fed's going to hike. The Fed's going to hike. And then uh, right back down to where it was. <laughs> and oh yeah 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 no no no, no the fed's not gonna hike and uh, that's not me saying that i'm just saying this is what you would i think what you would extract or the conclusions you would come to by looking at the price action within this chart and if we look at the uh well let's just look at the six month i haven't looked at it yet but i guess it would be very similar the one month was the exact same just flatlined didn't do anything it just completely just kind of shrugged its shoulders and said so what now, this is the six-month, and uh, let's see here. So in the morning, we got the big bump. Yesterday, it looks like we closed right around 5.49, which is almost exactly where we are now. So even when you go six months out, nothing. So you would expect that if the market was saying, oh, my gosh, yes, the, the smart money, the bond market, was saying, oh my gosh, yes, the United States economy is on fire. That means Jerome Powell is going to hike, 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 hike to infinity and beyond. My gosh, he's just going to keep hiking until he gets all the way up to 20%, just like Paul Volcker. Really? Then why isn't the short end of the curve moving? Also, let's go ahead and look at the price of oil. Because you would assume, with all this massively bullish news, that oil would have skyrocketed. Oh, well, it's up by 25 cents still below $70 per barrel. And I'd like to remind you that this is with historically low supply. Well, let's go ahead and check out copper because we know that's a good indication. And if the market, or excuse me, if the economy is on fire, I mean, we've got this upside surprise. This is just fantastic news. I mean, you would expect, sky, uh, you would expect copper to really move higher. Uh, yeah, not so much. In fact, throughout today, it looks like it opened around, let's call it 370, and it's down 367. So oil, basically flat, one month flat, three month flat, six month flat, and then you've got the price of copper actually down. So I think we need to really make a decision here. Again, there are no certainties, only probabilities, but in setting up your base case, I think you just need to decide who you believe more. Do you believe the government statistics, GDP, the unemployment rate, or do you believe in the stock market, or do you believe the bond market, the oil market, and the copper market, Dr. Copper? For me, it's the latter. 
But for you, it could be the former. I don't think there's any right or wrong. I think that's just making the decision as simple as we can make it. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market, capitalism. See you in the next video.